Hi, this is Jenny. Hi, I'm Larissa. And I am Jamila. And today we want to welcome you to the Straighten Your Crown podcast, where we are committed to equipping you with truth, hope, faith, and love as we endeavor to be mindful of the thoughts that we adorn. So, today, we are going to have a discussion about a very hard topic, <laughs> and that is the topic of discipline. Ladies, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I struggle with discipline. So I'm going to let Jen open up this conversation. <laughs> well, I think even just what you said about discipline being hard, in my mind, I think of discipline being hard because it has a negative connotation. So whether, you know, in comparison to the word submission, even though it has two completely different meanings, they both have... Um, a connection to something that's negative and I think it's because it has to do with coming under some type of authority um, so when I think about discipline whether that's like a child to a parent or a Christian to God or you know like me with my diet me with my finances it it is a hard thing to do but if we can become disciplined within the bound within good boundaries I think it's actually safe and even loving Right. Mm -hmm. What about you, Larissa? What do you feel about the word discipline? Um, so, for me, when I thought about discipline, I, as I always do, is went back to the whole psychology aspect of what discipline means. And um, discipline can be defined as rules, training, obedience. Um, discipline is a way of controlling behavior. Mm. Um, it's seen in most part to be a positive, to produce a positive outcome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, there's three types of discipline, preventative, suggestive, and corrective. And I think that because sometimes we try to highlight one more than the other in terms of discipline, we fall short of the full understanding of what discipline is. So if you discipline, but it's not preventative, if you discipline and it's not supportive, if you discipline and it's not corrective, then I think there's gaps in the kind of discipline that we're trying to achieve, whether it is personal discipline, disciplining of our children, if it's discipline in terms of practices, good practices, um, and, you know, if there's no discipline, then there's lawlessness. And I think mm -hmm. that's the opposite of um, why this, there's this dynamic. That's interesting. I've never heard of, like, the three things, like, preventative, supportive, mm -hmm. and corrective. So I think that's really cool. And I think just with, like, the things that we've seen going on in the world recently, and I think about, like, the so-called justice system and you know even taking like preventative measures of not taking like the wrong people so someone say who's like homeless being imprisoned right um or someone who's dealing with like a mental illness being um thrown into jail like if we had 
the right discipline and the right structure, then we could take preventative measures, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, that's a really neat way to look at it. I've never thought of it that way or understood it that way. So can you break down those three terms for us a little bit? So, <clears throat> when, so basically when you talk about something that is preventative, it's basically something that is stopping something from happening. Mm-hmm. So it is very proactive. Mm-hmm. So it's put a gate or a uh, structure around the pool so that the child does not fall in. That's preventative. So it's something that forms a hedge mm-hmm. of protection. And, you know, if you look at it in for our purposes in terms of knowing Christ, he hedges us and Mm -hmm. hems us in. It's protective, it's not restrictive, if you look at it in that way, right? Um, In terms of supportive, discipline is giving a framework or something to work by, a set of guidelines. That's what I would say in terms of supportive. So it's supportive is saying, okay, this is why I don't want you to do this. Don't touch the fire because you're going to get burnt. Mm-hmm. That for me is supportive. It's letting you think the way you want to think, but showing you why thinking that way would produce X, Y results, right? And then corrective. Scripture is very clear about that. God disciplines those he loves. Mm-hmm. And I think when you talk about corrective, for me, as a, as a mother, and I think of it, you know, in my personal life, is we all love to be corrective with love. Mm. And I think that's the thing for me with discipline with my own children, is that I do correct them, but at the end of the day, they mustn't feel like, I don't want them to feel like I'm correcting them and it's a rejection of what they're doing or what they, but it's saying, I'm correcting you because I love you. I don't, this is not good behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because I love you and I think, when correction comes without love, then it becomes things like anger. Right. It becomes things like, you know, um, disciplining your kids in a way that is not appropriate, mm-hmm. like beating up your kids. Um, and I think that is why we need to hold all these three intention in terms of discipline. Mm-hmm. I think when you break it down like that, um, even in terms of thinking of different scripture that speaks about Mm -hmm. discipline, that it just makes it more practical, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So like when I think of biblical discipline, I think of training in righteousness. Mm -hmm. So I think of... um, putting into practice different things that help us in our right standing before God. So different things that help us to glorify him more and help us to honor him more. But in that sense, like thinking of the practical side of it, when you talk about like preventative, supportive and corrective, like when you can break it down like that, it just, everything just makes more sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
like when Jen talks about discipline being hard, I think usually when we think of discipline, we think of corrective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's mostly that parent to child mm -hmm. aspect. Mm -hmm. And I was telling Jen, like just this week, I had a friend who was asking me about spanking and what I think about spanking children. And she was saying that she and her husband are against it, but almost every Christian that they talk to is for it. And so she was trying to figure out in her own mind, well, like, what are the pros and cons and why should I or shouldn't I do this? Because her biggest fear is just that her children will be rebellious. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you two, because you're both moms. What are your thoughts on that? as a means of discipline. Yeah, I think it kind of really comes back to what do you mean by spanking too? Because, you know, do you mean like smacking your child on the hand mm -hmm. because they are doing something wrong or like taking a, you know, like a, um, a stick you know or a or a belt or whatever um, I think that each family has to know what their standard of discipline is in terms of spank whether you spank or you don't spank and for me I think the outcome is important mm -hmm. you know scriptures clear spare the rods for the child you know but I don't mean I don't think it means that you have to necessarily hit or spank in order to produce a certain outcome right. of behavior. I think it's different um, measures that can be put in place in order to mm -hmm. solicit the same response that spanking might not, mm -hmm. you know. And um, I think that for me. It's really how far you also take that, right. you know. And I would say, don't discipline out of anger. Mm -hmm. And don't discipline when you're angry. Mm -hmm. Because that is when, you know, smacking your child on the hand will become something you really don't want it to be. Mm -hmm. Because you've allowed yourself to go there in anger. And because we're all human and we all fall short there is that very, very fine line where you can cross from anger into, you know, beating your child in a way that you really should not. Mm -hmm. And that is not helpful for their self-esteem. It's actually more deconstructive mm -hmm. than constructive. And I think, you know, it comes back to the whole thing of supportive and preventative and corrective. You know, you don't want it to be destructive because if it's, if it's going to deconstruct who that child is, and eventually have a deconstructed adult, there's more problems right. than even the child doing something they really should have not done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think respect, discipline, all these things actually are intertwined with each other and mm -hmm. you can't separate one from the other. Mm -hmm. okay. What do you think, Jen? Well, in terms of my own kids, I'm not there yet. Like, I haven't really had to think about that. But I know, just even from, like, the culture that I come from, um spanking like 
full-out beatings in terms of discipline is not seen as a negative thing but I have seen like the outcome being a negative outcome and not Mm -hmm. the maybe intent or the desire that the parent had in terms of the style of discipline that they chose so personally like with my children I'm not there yet but I think kind of like what you said um, your husband can look at your child and the child immediately knows that he he's doing something incorrect right there's no form of any physical contact but just a simple look right mm-hmm. and i think in my relationship with god when i'm doing something wrong i know that i'm doing something wrong and there's a fear there but it's a healthy fear so i don't need necessarily like a physical form of discipline but i think like you said it's also dependent on family and like the choices that they have to make but i think for me as a single mom like it's something that i'm really going to have to think about like the forms of discipline that um i i choose but also like even what you said with like the preventative and supportive and corrective like ultimately whatever method of discipline a family chooses i would hope that the intent would be for a desirable outcome for the child in the end so Mm-hmm. yeah because there is um like you said like there is a fine line no it's not even a fine line like there is a line when discipline can very easily turn into abuse mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and i don't think that's ever something that is a good thing so yeah it's... i mean i would say that i did get spanked as a child mm-hmm. i don't think often and ironically, my dad will deny it if I say it. But then other times I'll overhear him telling his grandchildren that he's fake me. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, like Jen said, I always knew when I was doing something wrong. And I could remember hiding mm-hmm. oftentimes, like doing something wrong and then knowing that the spanking was going to come when mm-hmm. they find out. So I'd either like go crawl into the cupboard or like hide under the bed or in a closet mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. But he never, they never beat me. Right. Like my dad's thing was like, you open your hand and you get slapped. However, whatever age you are. Mm-hmm. So if you're eight, you get eight slaps on your hand. Mm-hmm. Right. So it wasn't like I'm taking a switch and beating you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And... In that sense, you see where the preventative, supportive, and corrective work together. Because I knew that I was doing something wrong, Mm -hmm. which means that the preventative and the supportive had already been done. Mm -hmm. But I just chose to be rebellious. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the corrective had to come into place. Because I chose to ignore the other two that had already taken place. Mm -hmm. And now I had to learn that there was a consequence for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, even now, like as I'm thinking about discipline with my children, I'm thinking, I think the highest form of it is instilling in them like who they're created to be in God, right? And then as they get, get to know that, whether I'm there or not, like the presence of God is always going to be with them. So you're going to have to make these decisions yourself. And like it says, you know, like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if you're going to make wise choices, not to be like scared of God, but mm-hmm. to to know that there are going to be consequences to everything you do, whether it's good or bad. 
I think in that sense too, in the practical way, it's like when a child is small, it's a lot different than when they're older. Mm-hmm. When they hit, by the time they hit like three, four years old, they understand your words mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. that you can speak to them and they understand that whole idea of consequence. Right. Whereas maybe when they're two years old, and you don't want them to touch the hot oven and they still keep going and trying to touch the oven, maybe their hand needs to be slapped Mm -hmm. so that they get the message, you don't do this because. Mm -hmm. Whereas maybe just saying the words at that time, they don't really comprehend what Mm -hmm. you're trying to tell them. And I think sometimes, like as parents, you do it out of fear. Like Mm -hmm. I've done it before where because I think of what could have happened, my reaction to that will be to smack their hand like you know why are you touching you know like for example why are you touching a hot stove you know or why are you putting your hand close to the stove because in doing that it's you know i mean i guess when you think of it in you know the whole psychology way it's like positive versus negative reinforcement Mm -hmm. in terms of behavior and what you're trying to you know and, and there's so many tests and theories that have gone about uh, you know around that with Pablo's dogs and all these kind of things but I feel like sometimes to to get out of that place where they because children do not understand cognitively the way that adults do so when you say don't touch something to them it's just prohibiting them from doing something and it's something they curious and intrigued Mm. about doing because they don't understand the consequences of if you touch the stove, you will get burnt and having burns on your hand is painful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. going to hurt. But for me, I'd rather smack my child's hand and be like, don't touch the stove. Or, you know, rather than just being like in that situation, let them touch the stove mm-hmm. and then get burnt. And I know that's going to be a worse consequence right. for them, you know. So I think... It depends, you know, on you know, on that, um, on that aspect of it. I know that people here in the West think very differently about discipline in that sense, like physical discipline, like spanking or mm-hmm. slapping on the hand or whatever, compared to places like Africa where I come from, and discipline is is one of like the cornerstones of mm-hmm. society. Discipline mm-hmm. is a very very big part of it. So almost everybody growing up even mm-hmm. got um, hit on your hands in school. Here, punishment, corporal punishment, you cannot even touch a child. Mm-hmm. Some parents, uh, some teachers can't even raise their voice at a child, yeah. you know. When we grew up at school, you know, you would get hit with a ruler on your hand and that kind of thing, but it was a norm. Nobody, mm-hmm. yes, there were some teachers took it overboard, which is true, but I think generally, you grew up being quite disciplined. Mm-hmm. Where else I feel now, there's more children undisciplined than are disciplined. Mm-hmm. And that could just be my bias coming mm-hmm. from South Africa and coming here. But I find like, you know, even when I go to a store and my children are like bawling their head off, you as a parent feel so restricted mm-hmm. because you don't even know if you raise your voice at your child someone is looking at you finally like, oh, is this, is she abusive? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I find that so often where I just want to be like stern with them and say like, stop crying because I know that they might be 
performing mm-hmm. because they want a suite or they want something. But how do I do that in public without everybody judging me as a parent? And I think that is why it becomes home discipline. Mm-hmm. It's so important because what you can teach your children at home is then what they're going to go out there and project mm-hmm. because they'll know that if this is how I'm expected to behave at home, I can't go and do that in a store, mm-hmm. you know, and like perform and like roll on the floor, which I've seen with people, you know, <laughs> in like stores yeah. where kids are like rolling on the floor mm-hmm. and then you see the mom and she's all flustered because she doesn't know how to, she doesn't even know where she can touch her child now, exactly. you know, yeah. or pick them up yeah. and, you know, forcefully put them into the, into the shopping cart or whatever. So, yeah. you know, I think, for us as believers, it really becomes difficult because we know discipline is important. Mm-hmm. Like we all can agree, discipline is really important for our children and and also for to show them a disciplined life right. in our own lives. Right. You know mm-hmm. that mom and dad don't do this because of X, Y, and Z. Exactly. You know, um, and different things like that. So I just find it's just it's just so difficult though to really hold on to you know something like discipline in, mm-hmm. in this day and age and it makes me think of what Jen was saying earlier and the fact that discipline is actually a form of love mm-hmm. and I know that with a lot of young people who are troubled a lot of studies will show that children actually feel unloved when their parents don't care Like when their parents just want to be their friends and aren't actually, you know, giving Mm -hmm. them rules and regulations and guidelines Mm -hmm. as to how to live. And the other thing that I thought of is that it's interesting how, as a society, we've gotten to this place where it's like, don't spank your children. But we haven't as much gotten to the place of, don't call your children names and like, you know, put them down and because that is also a form of abuse. Yes. And some people may never lay a hand on their mm-hmm. child, right. what will, but will completely de- de- destruct yeah. who they are mm-hmm. just in the things that they say to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think like all things, discipline is also one of those things that needs boundaries. Right. So I like I have worked in schools and sometimes I'm like really, really taken back by the lack of discipline that children show because like, you know, an example is when I was in elementary school, I grew up in Canada and Ontario. Um, if the teacher said something, it was like, Oh my gosh, like that is something I have to do, right? Like you were just disciplined and maybe it's like the I don't know, I don't know how to say it, but, like, just the devaluation of, like, us as a society when we don't really want to respect an authoritative figure. So, you know, if a teacher told me, hey, Jen, can you please hold this door open and let your fellow um, classmates come in? Yes, like, people, students would want that position of um, holding a door open Mm -hmm. and, like, serving their um, classmates. Now, I'll be working in the schoolyard, and before the bell rings, I'm looking for a couple students. I'm like, hey, can you please come open the door? And the students, like, personal experience, won't look at you, won't talk to you, will flat out be like, no, I'm not doing it. And I will have that conversation where, like, Mm -hmm. no, I'm telling you, can you please do this? Mm -hmm. And no, I'm not going to. I'm like, okay, well, then you can be the last one to go inside the school. 
-hmm. and but there's not like I don't see that same enthusiasm to help one another and to love one another and to serve one another so I don't know if that's like a lack of the just you know understanding God because to some extent like even when I was in school in the 90s like people would talk about God whereas now it's like don't do that don't bring that here this is a public school mm -hmm. or just like the degradation of um, like our culture as a whole but I think regardless either way like discipline like all things needs to come with boundaries mm -hmm. and I think you know as Christian like as a Christian God's word tells us that we have been giving everything that we need to live a godly life and part of living a godly life is having discipline and being able to follow instruction mm -hmm. and if that's what I want for my children I think that needs to start with the way I live my life mm -hmm. right so I know when we talk about discipline as Christians like we oftentimes talk about our children but I think like all things you know lead by example so that needs to start with me mm -hmm. and yeah, so just with that point, like, how, where, do you guys struggle with areas of discipline, and if so, like, where would that be? I will say everywhere. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I once heard someone say that when you become disciplined in one area of your life, it, there's, like, a domino effect, mm -hmm. and you start becoming disciplined in every area of mm -hmm. your life. Mm -hmm. But I will say, honestly... Um, I used to have the word discipline spelled out on my wall in my room. Mm -hmm. And when it was up there, I used to meal prep. I used to jog. <laughs> I used to get up and do my devotions. I Because it was like a constant reminder. Yeah. Like, you need to be disciplined. You have to have this practice in your life. And like, now... I can't say that there's any area of my life where I will say that I am disciplined. Like, it's just, it's just altogether not there. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's that discipline, it becomes a way of life, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's training yourself to live your life in a certain way. And I get the whole not liking authority thing and in that sense it's disobedience to God because he is my authority and he calls me to live a disciplined life and to put these different practices into place because like you were saying Jen like there have to be boundaries in your life God has given us freedom but within the freedom that he's given us there have to be boundaries right and restrictions and it's for our own safety mm -hmm. and for our own good mm -hmm. and I can honestly say like lately I just it hasn't been there in my life yeah mm -hmm. yeah. yeah I think when I think about discipline in my own personal life I think that it's a journey I don't think that it's a destination I don't think discipline is mm -hmm. a destination because you know, we constantly going through different things, experiences in our lives that we have not faced before. Um, there's some things that have happened this week that has never happened in my life previously. Mm -hmm. And I think so there's this constant work of discipline. Mm -hmm. And I think that, like for me personally, I think that yes, 
when once you start disciplining yourself, your life in different areas, there is that attention given then to other areas in your For life. Because sure. you realize, okay, if I am taking care of my body, then I should be um, taking care of my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm taking care of my mind, then, you know, I should be reading my scripture more. You know, or I should be whatever uh, more. And I think that the whole aspect of discipline, you know, in our personal life is that what are we disciplining ourselves for? Mm. And um, that for me becomes the biggest question is, am I disciplining myself because... For example, if I'm disciplining myself because, uh, like in terms of meal prepping, because I want to portray myself in a certain way that is, um, let's say, you know, I want to be the thinnest person <laughs> around or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think my intention for why I'm disciplining myself, if it's to be healthy, because I, t- I want to take care of my body to be healthy, not because I want to be the most, um, you know, thinnest, um, you know, beautiful mom going to drop off my kids at school, yeah. let's say, you know what I mean? So the intention for why you are disciplining yourself, I think, is also very important. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the discipline for me is going to create me I was going to create an atmosphere for me to be a better believer and to to think about God in a different way mm-hmm. to be obedient to him because I'm obedient to the standards that have been created for me here like when you go to the doctor and the doctor says you you are overweight mm-hmm. the obedience to that is saying okay I have to do something about my weight I can't just pray and say oh God give me long life mm-hmm. and I'm Mm-hmm. Not taking, yeah, I'm not taking care of my body, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. So, so that's what I feel for myself is like we've got to love ourselves enough to allow ourselves to be disciplined mm-hmm. um, by God, even if it is disciplined in by people saying, you know what, you need to lose weight mm-hmm. because of X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. you know. And I think sometimes we look at that and think people are judging us. But sometimes it's like our parents saying, right. you know, maybe you should go for a walk around the block yeah. or something like that. We might be like, oh, but why are you telling me yeah. to do the? Why are you trying to tell me what to do? Mm-hmm. But in that way, it's because they love us and because they might have even been through the processes we've mm-hmm. been through right. that they don't want us to be in that position of ill health or whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know. So yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's a journey for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think of what Jamila said, how, like, when you discipline yourself in one area of life, it does have a domino effect. And just a personal example, like, last year when I went through the separation and marriage, I found myself in a massive amount of debt that, like, I could not foresee. Like, because personally, like, I wouldn't have found myself in that place because that's just not the way I spend financially. But the reality is that's where I found myself. And you know, I needed help because I'm like, I've never been in this position, so I don't know what to do to get myself out of this position. And part of the discipline process in that was seeking counsel. And I was able to get in touch with someone who was like, hey, this is what you need to do. This is what it needs to look like. 
And less than a year later, like I can say that there have been significant strides that have been made and accomplished. And in that, I've also seen, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, as my babies are preparing to eat solid foods, like what are the types of foods that I want to feed them? I don't want to feed them things that, that are unhealthy and not good for their body. But that's how I eat. I eat things that are not good for myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just like with the finances, I'm like, okay, let me see how I can tackle this issue. Um, lack of discipline with the things that I eat. And I'm not saying like, don't enjoy what you eat, but I was just doing it excessively um, in terms of like the sweets and stuff that I was eating. And I think like anything um, in excess, like it probably isn't healthy, mm -hmm. right? And just as you were speaking, Larissa, there was one scripture that came to mind. Um, it's from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, where it says, All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So when I think of discipline in terms of my spiritual life, I think that is the thing that is going to pour out into the other areas of my life. So right now, the truth is, like, I don't have the time to set aside an hour every day to read the Word of God, but practical things I can do is have worship music um, playing, or when I'm changing a diaper, like, I'm praying over mm -hmm. the children as I'm doing certain things, right? So I think being able to tie, like, the spiritual side of things into the practical everyday, this is what I do, this is what my life looks like, and then just applying it to the best that you can. Yeah, I think of um, someone I was listening to earlier this week who was talking about how we often believe that what we think is what kind of dictates our feelings and what we do. And she was suggesting that it actually works the other way around, that our feelings impact how we think and then our thinking impacts what we do, but that what we feel actually comes out of what we believe. And what she meant by what we believe is what we believe about God and ourselves and the world. So she was saying, first, it's our beliefs that lead into our emotions that lead into our thinking, that leads into our action. And it was an interesting way to think about it. I've never thought about it that way before, but as I thought about it that way, I could see truth in that. Mm -hmm. So when I talk about like my lack of discipline now, I've often asked myself, like, what is the reason that I'm not able to get it together? Like I try to, and like, like you said, I know we go through different seasons in life and it is kind of a journey. But I know the point in which I completely fell off. And until I heard what that woman said this week, I couldn't really fully understand the why. But I know now, or I believe, it's the point in which... Um, First, my grandmother passed away, and then exactly two weeks later, my best friend passed away. And my grandmother, she was sick, she was old, she lived a good life. I was cool with that, but like, my best friend was completely unexpected, 
she was young like we used to talk about growing old together and stuff and like taking care of each other's children and how we be how she'd be like this crazy old bad lady like we like we just were always talking about our futures and I as I thought about it over the years I always know like at that point when I just stopped doing everything I think subconsciously I was just like what's the point and ever since then, even though, obviously, I still believe in God and I know who he is and what he does for me in life. But there's a part of me that is still like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Because I don't know. Like, I, just, mm-hmm. you know, you make your plans and then what comes of them? And I think that that's something that I have to work on is that whole belief. Mm-hmm. Like, get back in line with what I believe about God. Like, to get it from just being the head knowledge, to right. get it back in my heart. And, like, actually believing it so I can live it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, um, what you're saying, Jamila, is, is very true when it comes to beliefs. Because there's certain standards that have been laid out for us in the Word of God about different aspects in our own personal journeys Mm -hmm. in this life that we have to live. And when I think about finances, I think about discipline as being rules that will be supportive and be uh, preventative and corrective. So for example, tithing. If you're not tithing, which is a principle, which is a rule that God has set in his word, then you're allowing yourself to be open to misconduct in terms of finances mm-hmm. and then you we sit back and it's happened in my own personal life where you sit back and you're like god how come this money is just like running through my hands like water mm-hmm. but the scripture is very clear about that there's a certain portion that belongs to god and a certain portion mm-hmm. that belongs to you if you don't give god his portion then you open up yourself so then it becomes preventative Mm -hmm. it's gone there's no protective there's no protection over you or covering over you in terms of your finances how then can that finances be multiplied Mm -hmm. so there's no supportive nature and then you don't allow yourself to be corrected because then you say okay finances is not in god's hands because finance is not part of god's economy but we realize that this is what we need in order to live this life Mm -hmm. so there's so many principles that God has already laid. And if you and if we are not following those principles in our own lives, then we can't expect these miracles to happen from God because these are like rules and laws that he's already, you know, said. Or, you know, hide my word in your heart so you would not sin against me. Mm-hmm. So when we sin against him, we can't be like, oh, how come I did this? Mm-hmm. Then it's like, it's almost like you read your Bible and God's like, but I gave you the principle mm-hmm. I gave you the rules you just have not followed it you know mm-hmm. so I think this is where the challenge comes in terms of us as believers becoming more disciplined is that 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 belief in God has to be so has to be so you know unchanging that it forces itself mm-hmm. into our lives to correct us in whichever way it is, you know. So it's like, I think about myself in terms of my marriage. Even, you know, how it says that adultery is already committed in the mind. Mm-hmm. So even though 
I might not physically commit adultery. I have to keep checking myself to be like, is this a thought I should be having? Right. Is this a conversation I should be entertaining with another guy? You know, does this compromise me as a as a woman, as mm-hmm. a wife, to my husband? You know, am I so I think it puts all those things in perspective. Then you become like, okay, you know what, I am disciplined in this area or I'm learning how to be disciplined mm-hmm. in this area. So unless the word of God becomes living and life to us, I feel like there's a disconnect because we try to put it in these compartments and then figure mm-hmm. out, oh, how does this all come together? Mm-hmm. You know, how does it all come together? Um, but yeah, but thank you so much, Jamila, for sharing that. I mm-hmm. think it's very vulnerable of you to share that experience, you know, that you... Uh, where you felt the, you know, the challenge came in, came in or the disconnect. Um, yeah, I think. Well, I think it goes back to like what you said with life, with discipline being a journey. Mm-hmm. In that journey, there are things that are going to happen in our life mm-hmm. that upset the flow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And by definition that would be like trauma because mm-hmm. trauma is described as something that happens that mm-hmm. changes who you are. Mm-hmm. And we often think of it in terms of big things, but it can also be yeah. small things. Yeah. But there are just things that happen like maybe when you were a kid somebody called you a name mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, automatically that changed the way that you felt about yourself and you you decided in your mind, like, well, I'm never going to be this way again because I don't want that thing to happen to me again, Mm -hmm. right? So it's that journey and, like you said, having to go back and, like, self-examine and figure out, like, am I living a life aligned with who I know that I was created to be? Mm -hmm. Or has there been something an event or something that occurred in my life that has taken me off track and I'm no longer being that person I'm because I started to believe something else about myself yeah I think you know I think either like a lack or excess of anything is not good right so even with discipline because I've seen people who are like striving to lose weight and then it actually ends up in like a health issue where like there's a deficit Mm -hmm. um or like the opposite can happen so I think um like with all things you know and even just like to highlight what this whole podcast is about it's the way we're thinking about certain things so if I'm thinking about taking care of myself then you know I don't need to go out and not you know go on a water diet for like a month or whatever to lose Mm -hmm. weight but allow it to be a journey and allow God to work in my heart and I think ultimately that's another aspect of discipline because a lack of or an excess of displays what's in your heart and yeah I just think ultimately like we need to have boundaries with all things but you know God's word gives us the instruction on how to live our life and there's also grace so when we do fall short um, regardless of the consequences he will always be there mm-hmm. any closing thoughts Jamila? Uh, the last thing that I would like to say is just Proverbs twenty five twenty eight. Mm-hmm. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Mm-hmm. And I think that sums it up. Like, mm-hmm. 
we all need discipline in our lives. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, um, to our listeners. It has been a difficult topic, and I'm sure that um, it's made everyone think as much as it's made us think here about self-discipline and also disciplining our children and wherever we felt, find ourselves in the whole spectrum of discipline. Um, do remember that we value each and every one of you and would like to hear from you. So please do drop us a message on Instagram with your thoughts. That's at SYC Podcast. And we look forward to hear from you. Till next time, we leave you with these words on our lips. Surrender. I'm raising a white flag for my pride as I learn to walk in stride with the spirit who shows me freedom. I serve a God who fought to save me. From me, he took my shame, my guilt, my blame, which condemned me. I'm raising my life in surrender as I praise him. I'm fixing my sight and I'm choosing to fight the good fight already won by the one precious son. No strength of my own, I'll admit all my weakness and claim the strength that raised him from the dead, and with it every promise that his word said. I'm on a journey now, a life on purpose, direction set. I walk by faith, my heart set, and desire aligned. I'm dusting off every lie. With intent and great passion, I plan to take action and fall in line with discipline. Under the authority of the one who loves me more than I could ever see, I will face the hard stuff because his grace will always be enough to see me through. And I will come through shining bright just like the sun with every expectation that when this battle's done, every moment of this hardship will have been worth the difficult run.